Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we're talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. This is something that I'm a passionate believer in, and that is retention marketing. We're going to go deep on email and SMS and loyalty programs. And it's something that we've always been a believer uh, uh, about at OMG Commerce. We've been added as a service, SMS and email, a little over a year ago because we believe in it so much. And really, uh, as you look at what might be ahead or where we might be right now when you're listening to this, recession, difficult times, struggle, you've got to be really dialed into your retention marketing. But I would argue, even when times are great, you need good retention and loyalty strategies because when you have those, then you can be aggressive at the top of the funnel. And so uh, today my guest is Daniel Budai. He's the fan founder of Budai Media, team of just under 30 people working in uh, exclusively in retention marketing. Very sharp guy. Uh, really excited to dive in and uh, get into this topic. I think it'll be very helpful for you. And it's always going to be uh, always fun for me to talk about this topic. And so with that, Daniel, how you doing? Welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks, uh, Brett, for the invite and for the great introduction. And I'm very happy to be here and share some, some knowledge, hopefully. Great. So really excited to dive into some tips and strategies and ideas and mistakes that people are making and really make this valuable for everybody that's tuning in. But first, how... Did you get into this? So, so kind of give me your your thirty second or sixty second background. How did you become a retention marketing specialist? Sure. So my story actually starts with geology. I studied geology at the university. It was if I had a like dollar seven, for every time I heard that, I would have one dollar. So okay, good. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where my story started. That actually I wanted to work in the oil industry but I couldn't find a great job there, so I pivoted into marketing. I think that's a 180 turn, let's say. That was a U-turn. And uh, I started out with sales copywriting at the beginning. I really liked it, but I never really wanted to be uh, very professional and, and you know one of the best in copywriting. I much um, preferred building a team around me, managing people, working on strategy. So that's how we started our agency around four years ago. And by now we grew to almost 30 people all over the world. And we mostly work with US-based and can Canadian clients, e-commerce clients, and we help them to increase the lifetime value of their customers with different strategies, different marketing channels. Yeah, I don't think you could get any more opposite from rocks and oil to you know digital online marketing e-commerce. Uh, very, very tangible and analog, very, very digital and virtual. So super, super interesting, but love, love that you made that pivot and love that you're having this kind of success. So let's, let's dive in. We're, we're both in, in similar spaces, right? OMG Commerce is all D2C e-commerce. We do retention marketing as well. So I'm thinking about this a, a lot myself, but what are some of the top retention marketing mistakes that you see D2C brands making? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think before I start sharing some knowledge on this, so I think it, it really matters the, the level of the company where they are, because with smaller companies, you know, startups or companies just starting out, let's say below one million per, uh, per year in, uh, in revenue, I think uh, 
you know they they miss out on several tactics that uh, that they could use they um, so one of the most common mistakes is that they don't really segment their email list yeah. you know they just blast emails and uh, and everyone gets the same email so it's not very personalized the experience the other thing is they just simply don't send enough emails I remember when I had one of my first clients, I sent out only one email uh, to the list. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, what if I sent twice a week? And surprise, we doubled the revenue. And then <laughs> I was okay, what if we send out four a week? And then guess what happened? We doubled the revenue again. So the formula was very simple. Of course, you cannot do it, you know, you cannot double your revenue all the time with this thing. but Many companies, they are afraid to email their list and uh, they, they miss out on this opportunity. So yeah, and just one thing I want to just kind of talk about that for a second, Daniel, because I love this. I love this point. A lot of people think that if they email too much, they're going to get a lot of unsubscribes and people are going to be upset and turned off and they're, they're going to leave. Right. But usually the opposite is true. The more you email to, to a point, the more people are engaged, the more they know you, see their, see your name, they, they feel connected to your brand. If you shift to the point where you're only emailing like once a month or once a quarter, I know some brands that are doing that, then really all you're doing is you're reminding someone to unsubscribe, right? You get this, this random email and you're like, wait a minute, I, I don't remember signing up for that and I don't even really remember who you are. And so, so people unsubscribe. So in a lot of ways, sending less leads to more unsubscribes. And, and yeah, we're big believers in that at least once a week, plus all your flows and everything. But, but ideally, you can do more than that. And I know some brands, some influencers that email daily. And, and that works, yeah. right? That, that can absolutely work for a brand. So, so sending more, more frequently, is almost always a good idea for any size brand. And especially when you are segmenting your first point, segmenting and speaking directly to that customer, then they want to hear from you more, which is which is great. So okay, cool. So those are top two two mistakes: um, not segmenting, not sending enough. What, what are some other mistakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So simply the volume and the segmentation can be a differentiator when companies they start out. I know many founders they don't have time to write the emails or their marketing manager, but email has a great ROI. So this is something they should take care. Yeah, arguably the best, right? Arguably the best ROI of any single channel out yeah. there. Nothing really beats email. Yeah. And same applies for SMS marketing, but uh, now let's stick to email more. Um, so, you know, these are the two most common mistakes I can see. Probably the third would be to set up email flows, at least five uh, below one million a year. So set up these email flows because they are automated. And even if you don't touch them in the next one year, they will still work and generate revenue for you. So it's a one-time thing and then they work automatically. And then if we talk about a bit bigger companies, let's say middle size, one to 10 million a year, then uh, I think segmentation is still an issue. Um, many of them, they still blast, um, you know, emails, the same emails to everyone, same creatives. I think, um, Volume nowadays they are aware of that kind of thing um, that it's important. They hire someone, they hire an agency, they hire a copywriter, they take care of that. Um, I think probably the biggest issue there is just being organized. So having a uh, 
content calendar, campaign calendar or sales events. Yeah. Also, one thing that everyone should apply is having at least one sales event every month because you want to give an opportunity for your list, for your subscribers to buy from you. And in e-commerce, we all know that it's crucial. You want to have a holiday, Black Friday, Christmas, but even in months like January, you want to have something like uh, International Dog Day if you sell dog products. Or you can make up holidays, actually. Totally. There's a holiday for anything. Yeah, just product. Google it. There's a, there's a holiday for literally anything or make up your own, which is totally acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can make up something, but this is huge in e-commerce. Like come up with a chance, give them a chance to buy from you. And you should really internalize this mindset, I think. And then people, they will come back again and again. Uh, and Yeah, I love this. And, and one thing I would want to underscore too when it, when it comes to kind of this, this monthly sales event is that this can apply also if you're a brand that does not discount. And we have a number of clients who either don't discount or they only discount around the holidays and maybe one other time per year. But what you can do is you know have that annual or I'm sorry monthly event and it can be for anything grandparents day mother's day kid day national donut day like there's you know all kinds of there's really a holiday yeah. for anything um, but you can do free gifts right we we know a couple of brands that they will you know utilize premium gifts and include a gift with purchase and the gift is often, you know, a, a high perceived value. So likely the same as if you were given like a 20% discount or something, it actually costs them less to fulfill it. But then it also has the benefit of it's it's not training someone to wait for the discount, right? It's it's teaching yeah, someone yeah, to pay yeah. full price. So, so that's a great way to do it. Another way you can do it is, is bundles, right? Bundling different products and making it convenient by bundling. And, and then someone's gonna maybe just pay the same rate, but now they can buy the bundle and they get all that they want and it's and it's easy, it's easier to shop. Um, yeah. You could leave the subscriptions more, and, then, my... and then that's uh, cheaper yeah. if you're doing subscriptions because then you, you can do a discount there and it doesn't feel like you're, you're cheapening your product. But but yeah, yeah go ahead, Daniel, I got, I got an idea to add yeah, to that. Yeah, I mean, I think discounts, they can really devalue your brand as well if you use right. it too much. Right. And if you use it, make sure that they get the discount for something so f for a certain action yeah yeah you, ju you just you know you shouldn't just give a discount for right. no reason right get a discount for subscribing get a discount for uh for joining our email list so, so you're doing like some subscription products or, or join our email list or something like that love that idea and and i also love that you pointed out a, a promotions calendar a marketing calendar this is something we talk about all the time with our clients at omg and this is important because Ideally, what you want to have happen is you want all your marketing to be coordinated, right? So if you're doing this big sales yeah. event for, I'm not sure why I'm thinking donuts. Uh, it is morning time when I'm recording this, so maybe I got donuts on the brain. But National Donut Day for your brand, right? Uh, or or yeah, whatever, like an alternative to donuts if you're going to promote Donut Day. Um, you want your Facebook ads, your Google ads, your remarketing ads, your email, your SMS, all of it to be coordinated around that event as best as possible. And the way you do that is through a marketing calendar and making sure all your team and all your agencies are communicating and on board with that. And it just makes a huge difference. So I'm really glad you brought up brought up that point. Um, any, and, and I would also say, um, and you highlighted this, I think there's still bigger brands. You know, We mostly work with bigger brands at OMG. Bigger brands that, that aren't segmenting and that aren't sending enough either. So got to look at those things. But, but any other... Any other big mistakes that you see D2C brands making? 
Yeah, and uh, let's say above 10 million a year, what I can see is that they uh, actually overcomplicate things. Mm. So that's the other end of the spectrum. Like uh, they do segmentation, they send many campaigns, but they over segment. Actually, you know, they could spend their resources in a better way. And actually, when we start working with these clients, and you know many of them they already have 20 30 percent of their revenue from email marketing yep. and the sms marketing all of these channels loyalty programs and actually we come in and we just simplify everything we cut like sometimes we cut like 70 percent of the flows and we can increase their revenue the the percentage of their revenue from these channels from 30 percent up to 50 40 50 percent so Actually, it's also an organizational prog uh, yeah. problem, but here we have to simplify things. Can you see the same thing with your bigger clients? They overcomplicate things? Yeah, that does happen. And, and I think that this becomes really important, especially as you're scaling. So you're going that 10, 20, 50, 100 million. Um, you have to be organized enough for sure, right? Like, and, and all, all the teams have to be on the same page and communicating well. But yeah, you can get you can get over optimized or, or overly segmented, and you're not doing yourself any favors. We see this a lot on the like the Google remarketing side, and, and we we used to be guilty of this too. We would create all these different lists, all these different uh, like duration segmentations, right? A a one day list, a three day list, a seven day list, a, a, a fourteen day list, a thirty day list, a sixty ninety, and then we do all these segments and stuff. Uh, we still often build those audiences, but for a lot of brands, sometimes you just lean into like the one, three, and seven-day audiences, and that's where you get 90% of the benefit, right? And so so sometimes less is more, and simplifying yeah. things a little bit uh, really does make a big impact. And and one thing I might add to Daniel, that, that this this is a mistake that, that I see, and this is more mindset and strategic than it is tactical, but I think a lot of brands make the mistake of overestimating how much customers are thinking about them. And I think this is part of why people undersend emails. They're like, well, no, we like we just don't want to overwhelm them. Like they're not thinking about you. They're not thinking about you today. <laughs> they're thinking yeah. about all the stuff they gotta do. So like you've got to break through the clutter and email them more if you want them to think about you at all. Right. But we also begin to think like, well, hey, they've already bought from me one time. They'll be back. Right. They our products are good. They purchased from us. They will be back. Not necessarily so, right? There's so many things competing for people's attention. Ads on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you know, email everywhere, right? So you've got to still fight to get that customer back. And then a lot of times people think, well, if, they, if they've been to my store before, um, you know, I, I don't need to be aggressive, to, you know, to get them back. But but you do, right? You, you need to be aggressive to get someone to come back because, again, competition is fierce. People aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about their own life and their own problems. And so, so having that mindset of, we don't want to annoy people, but you've got to culture and, or you've got to nurture and cultivate that relationship, and be very intentional about it, and and you know do do so in a way that builds your brand and complements your brand. But yeah, people aren't thinking about you all the time like like you're thinking about your own company, right? Which which just kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, and I can see the same thing with different marketing channels, mostly with SMS marketing. So I can see so many business owners to be afraid of using SMS marketing. Yeah. We will annoy people. We send out too many text messages. And in most cases, it's not a problem. And uh, same with loyalty program. They are just afraid to be everywhere, you know, using an omni-channel strategy. And actually, the good thing is you can measure everything. So you yep. can measure the spam rate, 
unsubscribe rate. You can measure literally everything nowadays, almost everything. So yeah. you should just track the right KPIs and then it will be fine. Yeah, I remember one of the one of the lessons I learned from a, an old uh, radio advertising guy, a guy named Roy Williams, wrote a book called The Wizard of Ads. It's pretty great, pretty great for copy and 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 persuasion and stuff. But he talks about how like once you get to the point where you're sick of hearing your message or where you're think where you feel like it's overwhelming, like oh gosh, we're everywhere. I'm sick of seeing my own brand. Sick of seeing. That's about when you know people are noticing you, right? So yeah. when it when it's annoying yeah. you, it's probably just beginning to break through the clutter. And again, you don't want to like pester people or have the exact same message. Like be fun, you know, mix it up, be creative, but but you know, uh, you almost can't over-communicate. If you don't feel like you're over-communicating, you're probably under-communicating. And so that's uh, important to uh, to, that's to a good realize. One. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, what what about some? So we talked about some mistakes. What are kind of some next level strategies, right? So what are some some of those either email or SMS strategies that just not a lot of people are doing, but they should be? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, email marketing. I can see the market is really educated on this topic. It was very different four or five years ago, but I'm happy to see that this completely changed. I think. Um, so nowadays we also focus on more SMS marketing, loyalty programs, push notifications, and uh, we even send out physical postcards, believe it or not. So, um, you know, we add more marketing channels and we, we, we sing them together, basically. Um, I think SMS marketing, it really has its renaissance in the US now, and uh, it's probably the, one of the highest ROI marketing channels I can see. So. Um, use SMS marketing. We usually use like one or two text messages per week. And uh, during Black Friday, we send out even more. Um, I think what you could do is really combine it with email marketing. So for example, in your text messages, you can refer to your email tomorrow. Or in your email, you can refer to your text message. Like tomorrow, we are sending you a gift and uh, if you want to know what what's that, what's this VIP thing, then subscribe to our SMS list. So you can really combine the two channels. And then uh, there is the loyalty program. You can implement that too. Um, and, and, and let's, let's I, talk about SMS yeah. for a minute. I, I'm really excited to talk about loyalty programs too, because that's something we don't do at, at OMG. And I'm really curious to, to, to pick your brain on that a little bit. But on the SMS side, uh, we take a very similar approach, right? So kind of the one to two times per week on SMS. I think you can over communicate on, on text just because it is a little more personal. Basically, every, you know, people open all of their text. But, but that one to, once to twice a week, I think totally fine. Um, but I love that combination where you're mentioning, hey, did you get the email? Did you get this offer? Here's a link to it, right? Um, so so what, are you, what are you guys seeing on your end when you layer in SMS marketing on top of email? How does that change growth and conversion rates and, and ROI on, on uh, the retention campaigns? Sure. So I think this is the real power of retention marketing, not just email, you know, being alone, because it's really a kind of situation like one plus one equals three, I think, like uh, they really add up together. And uh, if we implement, so let's, let's, let's imagine we have a new client, an e-commerce store, and then if we implement 
the first few email automations, we can get to 10, 15% of extra revenue with these automations. If we add email campaigns, this can go to 20, 30%. If we add SMS marketing, then we can add an additional 5%, but here the, the, you know, the numbers, they can be more extreme. So here's an example. We have a US-based kitchenware store and we generate 30% of revenue from email and 30% from SMS in wow. Q4. So the wow. same, That's 60% huge. altogether. That's huge. And yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, and one more thing, because um, I know people, they are skeptical. So it's not because we use some very early pop-up on the website or uh, some gimmicks with the attribution. I know all of those, we don't do these. I think we have a very conservative mindset on attribution. So, yeah, but we still got these numbers with the seven-figure store. Yeah, I, I love it. And then we we look at it where, you know, if, you, if you're running a, a D2C e-commerce brand and email and SMS aren't touching, you know, in that 30 to 40% of revenue, then then you need to be doing more, right? And, and you probably need to rethink your strategy and, and your tactics. And I would agree with you. Like, I'm... I'm I love attribution. I'm also a top of funnel guy, right? I, I, I believe in the yeah. power of YouTube and Facebook and TikTok and other channels for top of funnel. And if all we did was focus on bottom of funnel, eventually our brand's going to dry up and we're going to run out of customers. Um, so, so really, I wouldn't say that you could give full credit necessarily to email or SMS for 40% of your revenue, but it should be at least touching that much or at least should be a part of the journey for at least you know 30 to 40 percent of your revenue if not you're likely not doing enough and, and you are leaving sales on the table that are not closing because you're not doing enough with email and sms so um love that all right so let's let's talk loyalty campaigns so what are some well first of all how do you approach it and then and then give me a few of kind of your next level strategies there do you mind if I share another uh, another uh, strategy or, or, or tactic regarding SMS oh, and please. email yeah, before yeah, we go to there. loyalty? Yeah. Because this, this just came to my mind. So we have a few clients and I really like these clients because they understand the importance of LTV. So they run Facebook ads to a landing and, and page. Just to, just to clarify there, Dan, you said LTV, right? Lifetime value? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, Great. exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Custom lifetime value. So. Um, we worked together for a few years and I really like these guys. They, they really understand what we stand for as an agency and we really good clients. So um, they ran Facebook ads during Q4 and Q3 to a landing page where people, they could subscribe to the SMS list, VIP, early bird, early bird Black Friday list uh, on SMS and email as well. And then we send these people regular emails in an email flow in Clavio, and we could generate a big part of their sales before Black Friday with these early bird offers. And then Black Friday came and then we generated even more. But I think we collected a few thousand emails and, and contacts and we, I think each email and contacts, it generated like $20, $20 wow. in November. Wow. So I, I wanted to mention this because many people, they just drive the traffic to the product page or to the website. But here we really collected emails and then we converted them in the upcoming months. Yeah. So 
I think that's still something very undervalued. Nowadays. Yeah, I love it. And think about that. So you're generating $20 in sales from one email address captured. Think about how that could change the math for your Facebook and YouTube campaigns. If you could start, you know, uh, getting, you know, four or five or ten percent of people to visit a page to opt in now, and now you're getting twenty dollars potentially per sign up. That changes the math. That changes how aggressive you can be with your top of funnel strategies, and you can you can push the envelope more, and you can grow faster when you have those things dialed in. So love that. Thank, thanks for mentioning that. Um, awesome. So loyalty campaigns. Uh, how do you set them up? What are what are some of your kind of next level strategies there? Sure. So I think probably the biggest mindset mistake, let's say, uh, or mindset shift that everyone should have have about loyalty. Many companies they think about it just as a just as a tool. You know, you set up, you install this software, you plug it in, and then it will generate loyal customers. But people they are more complex than this. You know, like one plugin and play two won't change their behavior. So you should really think about the strategy there. You should actively promote your loyalty program everywhere. Just look at the big brands. They do it really well. So, um, so the software is one thing, but you should be tactical about this, how you do it. There are several ways. We usually customize it to the, to the brand that we work with, but just a few recommendations. So I think where you should start, you can give them points based on their behaviors and probably referral is the most important. Mm -hmm. You want to generate a good word of mouth. And then uh, what we also do, we create a uh, leaderboard so people, they can see where they are, like how many points they have and other, other people, how many points they have so they can actually compete. It usually generates a very good competition between people. And uh, you should be creative what you give to them. So not just a discount or gift card, but you can do, you know, other things like, um, again, I think you can take a look at big brands and uh, you can get really good ideas. Um, I think on Netflix, there is this movie now where uh, Pepsi promised a jet or, or like an aircraft. And then there was a real guy who, who collected the points and he claimed the jet. And wow. of course he couldn't get it, but that's a crazy idea. Sometimes yeah. crazy ideas. For loyalty programs, they are really good. Yeah, so so you gotta have software, right? And, and I think this is one of those things. And again, I'm not a loyalty expert, but but I've, you know, talked to a lot of people that run them and stuff. But it seems like it's got to be relatively simple, right? They can't be overly complex, or no one's gonna really pay attention. Yeah. I, I love the fact that that you you know you got rewards for the most important behavior, like sending a referral. That's that's the most important behavior that someone could have, arguably. Um, and then I love that I love that transparency of a leaderboard showing hey who's who's winning like who's who's out in the lead creates that healthy competition and makes people want to jump into the lead get more points and they get more points by taking the behavior taking the actions that you want them to take so um, in, any recommendations on on software or structure there and, and no worries if not and and I and I know this is one of those things where strategy and tactics are more important than the tools you use, but, but any suggestions on, on tools? Sure. We tried many. So if you are a smaller company, try uh, stem.io. It's also very affordable and they have many features. Uh, sorry, if you stamp, want to get more... Stamp.io, is that right? Stamp.io, yeah. 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 yeah, cool. I'll link to that in the show notes too. Stamp.io, cool. If you want to get more advanced, 
then uh, loyalty lion is a great choice and you you can also check out yotpo because they are they, it's a more like a platform so they have several different things sms feature loyalty even more referral program so check out yotpo as well these would be my three recommendations great great so stamped.io we have a number of clients that use that uh, it's, it could be a review engine as well uh, Loyalty Lion, I'm not familiar with that one, but it sounds great. And then Yotpo, yeah, uh, I've met, met those guys back in their early days, actually. I met I met one of the founders at a Magento event mm-hmm. in like 2014, but they've, they've exploded since then. So um, awesome. Let's quickly, and we're, we're kind of on the back uh, uh, few minutes here of the podcast, but I want to talk push notifications and then postcards. Let's talk postcards first because I think this is one of those unique things that people miss. And in full disclosure, I am an investor in PostPilot. Uh, so I, I do I do like that that solution for postcards. But I know that there are other solutions out there as well. But how do you like to look at postcards and why do, why do you recommend them? Postcards, sure. So, you know, it's still something that we experiment with. It's not like email or SMS that we, we use it regularly with clients. I think it can be a good fit for certain um, for certain e-commerce stores. In my experience, it works really well with the older audience. So above 50, let's say, they are more used to this type of communication. I wouldn't use this with Gen Z or, or not even with millennials nowadays. So that's one thing. And then, of course, you should check the, the cost of this service as well. Uh, we checked it uh, in Germany and in the US. And uh, I think it's the best for some special and big promotions. So I would use it a few times a year. I think we used it for Easter because uh, it was related to this brand. It's a gifting brand. And uh, we used it for Valentine's Day, which is, I think you all understand why it's a yeah. good uh, good choice for that uh, holiday. So we tested this out and uh, I think we just really sent out a discount, a coupon code with a very nice postcard. We designed it and also we connected it with other channels. So we mentioned this in the emails, um, in the SMS that look look out because you will get a postcard. It's only for VIPs and that's how we used it. Um, so far the ROI wasn't that great. So we are still experimenting with it. but. I think it's a place where you can stand out because yeah. it's really underused, right? So, yeah. yeah, it is very much underused, and and I'm a you know marketing guy from from way back, and I remember in the early 2000s, late 90s, you know, I was really young then, but I still remember like going to the mailbox and and it was just full, like packed to the, the hilt, uh, and most of it was marketing mail or junk mail, right? And now that's yeah. not an issue, right? So if you run a postcard or send someone something in the in the mail, they get physical, you know, mail from you. It's going to stand out. And so, one of the things that and I did an episode with uh, Drew Sanaki from Postpilot. Uh, I, I'll post that in the show notes as well. But one of the ways they they use it, and I, and I think this is worth considering, is they put it in in their flows, right? So, especially for like uh, uh, reactivating customers that have uh, fallen dormant and they're not and they're not purchasing anymore, right? If you think about email, and, and we're all believers in email, obviously that's what this podcast is mostly about. Still, your open rate may only be 30% or so, right? So it's just a huge chunk of your list that's not getting your emails, right? So so postcards can help fill that gap. I think it makes a lot of sense if you're doing a big event or a big sale 
get that to everybody through the postcard. Uh, you got to track the ROI. You got you got to see it. You got to be able to measure it and make sure it's going to work for you. But I think it also, like I just got an email uh, or a postcard from uh, Smart Marketer, Molly Pittman, my friends, Molly and Ezra. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, and, and it's sitting on my counter and I'll probably see it three or four times, you know, before I either use it or, or throw it away or whatever. But it, it's just, a, it's something different and it, it, it will drive action, but it also cuts through the clutter, which I think is, is pretty powerful. Yeah. So cool. It also integrates with Klaviyo. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned you use it for reactivation because uh, actually we use it for the opposite. So we use for we use for VIPs, mm. and our yeah, thinking was, too. sorry, I think that works too. Yeah, yeah, use it for VIPs or your, your your biggest clients. Yeah, that works too. Our way of thinking was that this is a more expensive channel than uh, than the others we talked about. So let's use it for the highest LTV customers. That was our approach, but it's interesting to try it for reactivation. I'm sure we will try yeah. it for that as well. Yeah, it can even be a step in the flow like of, of a welcome sequence or an abandoned card sequence where if someone doesn't take action after the first two or three emails, you, you fire off a postcard and see and see how that yeah. works. And yeah, it can integrate into to Klaviyo, which is cool. So um, what, about, what about push notifications? This is something I'm familiar with, but something I'm not an expert in. How are you guys using push notifications and what kind of results are you seeing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, push is, is really simple. So the logic is quite similar to SMS or email marketing. And, uh, you know, uh, there is a prompt message on the website and uh, on the phone as well. I think only Android enables it. So it's not good for iPhones, uh, but it's good for Mac. So only iPhones, uh, they have limitations regarding push. Um, but there is a prompt message. People, they can subscribe there. And then you can send out automations like abandon card, browser abandonment, welcome message, um, or even a winback. And you can also send out campaigns. And we usually send out like two campaigns a month, so it's not not that many. And quite similar to SMS in terms of length, so you should keep it short and to the point. I think you can also add a, an image there, so it's more visual than SMS, but you know it's quite similar. And you can add a few percentage to your revenue with this uh, marketing channel. So it's really an additional thing. And talking about software tools again, so we use Push Owl for, uh, for stores. But honestly, I really miss a great push notification tool from the market. And, and I'm still looking for something and my whole team. So gotcha. if you know anything, then Push Owl. Yeah. Then. Yeah, I really don't. And, and, and you know, I, I remember first talking to some really smart marketers that, that love push notifications a couple of years ago. Um, as, a, as a shopper, as a consumer, I never say yes to push notifications. I just don't want them. But I know a lot of people yeah, do. Same here. And so I know, it's, I, know it's, I know it's a valid tool for marketing. And so, yeah, but I don't know of a good, a good tool either. So, uh, but that's, that's yeah. super interesting. Um, well, Daniel, this has been awesome, man. Uh, lots of good insights. You're a true pro. I know you, you guys run an amazing company. Um, any, any resources, tools, anything you offer as an agency that we should mention to listeners? Sure. So on our website, we have many resources. We also have a podcast. Actually, I invited you in my yeah, podcast. Yeah, it was on the podcast. Yeah, you do a great job, man. You're a great host. 
that was a great conversation. Besides, we also have a blog, uh, we have a lot of case studies, dozens of case studies. But what I would mention is uh, we have a 50-point checklist about e-commerce retention, and it's completely free. I uh, think we can add the link yep. uh, to the description so people can, they can find it, they can download it. Again, it's free, and uh, I hope it will help you improve your own customer retention. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll link to everything in the show notes, so check that out. Um, we get that 50-point checklist. And uh, Daniel, this has been super fun, man. Uh, I am... With you, I am a big believer in retention and loyalty marketing. I think it's always important. I think it's even more important during difficult times or recessionary times. And I think it's what people need to focus on, right? If we're pushing for profitability and pushing for overall health as a D2C company, you got to get retention and loyalty right. And when that's right, it opens up so many other opportunities for you. So, Daniel, thanks for being uh, so open and giving with your advice. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We would love to hear from you. So leave us a review on iTunes if you feel like we deserve it. Also, uh, I am now active on the socials. So hit me up on LinkedIn and on Twitter. On LinkedIn, on LinkedIn I'm the Brett Curry. On Twitter, I'm just at Brett Curry. But my commitment is I'm going to be active on social media. So find me there. Let's continue the conversation. Let's talk D2C and growth and good marketing and uh, hopefully have some fun. So uh, with that, thanks again, Daniel. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.